Welcome, my friend. You are listening to Read Clean YA with CJ, the podcast for teens and young adults who want to explore exciting worlds, deep themes, and epic stories without the objectionable content. I'm your host, award-winning young adult author CJ Malacy, and in this episode, we are going to dive into an author interview with my friend and fellow young adult author E.A. Hendricks. E.A. Hendricks is an author, graphic designer, photographer, and podcaster living in Indiana with her husband, two dogs, and a cat named Pages. She writes fiction in multiple genres and spends more time on Instagram than she probably should. She grew up on a steady diet of Star Trek and Nancy Drew and believes that every idea is better in space. Emily, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I laugh when you mention Pages because more than likely she's going to show up at one time while we're recording. So, <laughs> yes, Apologies she loves in to advance. be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to be a part of all of the bookish conversations, she does. right? <laughs> she does. Yes. Well, Emily is a great friend of mine, someone that I've enjoyed getting to know over the years, and I am so excited to introduce you guys to her newest book, Suspended in the Stars. It is such a good book, and when Emily says she likes to put worlds in space, she totally does that in this story, and I can't wait to dive into it. I just finished reading the book, and it is so good. Before I go on and on, Emily, can you give us a little insight into this fantastic story? Sure, and I'll keep it short, probably more for me than anybody else because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's the pitch for this. But I say that it's the greatest showman meets Star Wars is kind of like to set the scene. And then it's about a girl in hiding and a soldier on the run. And the fact that they have to team up together in order to save the galaxy. Probably my favorite part is the fact that at least part of the book takes place on the spaceship Midway. And uh, that's part of the circus phenomena. So it's a whole traveling circus in space. <laughs> I love this story. I'm not kidding. This book is so cool. And if you like Star Wars and The Greatest Showman, it really, that is such a great description because you get all of those vibes through the story, but in a whole new way with a different twist on it. And it's such a full, fun world. Thank you. If you want to explore a world with space travel and crazy cool tech and a host of animals, like, <laughs> I mean, like a literal host of animals. You need a glossary at the end of the book yeah. to figure out all of them. And all while careening around a galaxy on an epic adventure, this book is definitely for you. It is so much fun. Right from the beginning, you just get lost in this world oh, and you thanks. feel like you're there. Thanks. So it's so descriptive, so exciting. <laughs> I just love it. Oh, so, so glad. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it. It is so much fun. So I really think this is a, a story readers are going to enjoy. And this is your first young adult novel, mm-hmm. right? Not the first that I've written, but definitely the first that I'm publishing. Yeah, <laughs> it's I. It's funny because as you talk about it, I do love to make the distinction that it is science fantasy. So it's not a hard sci-fi and it's not strictly fantasy. It's kind of a combination of both. I would say like we have the, the tech in common with our books because I remember reading Recruit and I was just like, oh, I love this tech. It's so fun. (laughs) Because that's like one of the things I'm like, oh, I just want to create fun things that give us advantages that we wouldn't normally have. But there's also some things that are unexplained by science. So that's where the fantasy element comes in. <laughs> yes, which in the the circus element, mm-hmm. I feel like you have a lot of really cool things with different characters in oh, there. <laughs> so where did this story idea come about? I mean, was it from those Star Wars and The Greatest mm-hmm. Showman? Did it 
kind of birthed itself a different way? So I have talked about this before, so hopefully your listeners haven't heard it on another podcast, but I very distinctly remember walking through the forest in Ohio. I was actually living on my own at the time, had my own apartment, kind of living a lot of life alone. And so I would just take a lot of walks. I love being out in nature. I love hiking. I love you know just being outdoors in general. And I like remember the exact spot where I was walking through in this just random forest. And I had this idea of, and it's this is not really what Suspended in the Stars is about. So I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> but the idea was like, what if there was a traveling circus in space that had, I don't even remember what it called him at the time, but kind of like a spy that was inserted into the circus. Again, this is not actually what's in Suspended in the Stars. But that was kind of where it started. And I thought like, well, what if, you know, the girl fell in love with him, but he's part of the opposition in a sense or something like that. And it kind of yeah. spiraled out of control from there in my mind and I just like would play I love electronic dance music when I'm thinking <laughs> so I just play that and walk and think about like all the cool things you could have because you could create these kind of alien races without them feeling so alien and mm-hmm. I knew that there would be somebody who had tattoos on his skin that would glow and there would be somebody who had like an ability to do this that or the other so from that years later when I was challenged by my friend Kristen to blog a book <laughs> on my blog for a month. That story came back to me. But the funny thing is that I didn't actually want to start that story. I wanted to write a prequel because I thought I was just going to be writing a novella. That's what I thought. Thinking about 30 days of writing. Oh, I'll just write like a thousand words a day. Well, (laughs) I ended the month at like 50K, which is like the halfway point basically of the story. But through that, I realized like probably when I was plotting, maybe even after I was like, oh, this is actually the first book. And what I originally thought has totally changed. Well, I wouldn't say totally, but has changed. And now it's it's something different. I love this rogue soldier who just has a really fun (laughs) person. Personality and yes. a love for muffins, and then yes. <laughs> and then the, and then Tally and her whole thing, which I won't get into because that's a bit spoilery. But right, yeah, I just that's kind of where it came from was just imagination, and I don't know that I had watched The Greatest Showman or anything recently. I just like the circus. I always have, right. and you mentioned the animals. <laughs> I just so many. Well, okay, here's the thing: when you start in a sci-fi world creating new animals, you have to decide, is this a whole new, are all animals new or are there a mix of like earth animals and not? And so I just decided to commit and make all new animals, (laughs) but I I like base them off of animals from earth. So they all had to have new names, which gets confusing. So I tried to like kind of connect them, but then you can't really use like, oh, like a pix. It's like a mouse. Like you can't really use that. So you just have to let people use their imagination and hopefully give them enough to hit in that direction so yes and you definitely do because I started just having these visions of what these animals were Mm -hmm. in my head as I was reading and I didn't even go look at the glossary until I finished (laughs) the book so like I was just like I'm gonna imagine and I was I was right half the time and wrong half the time. It was like, but it was so fun because that's the best part about stories, right? Like once you're in it, your brain just kind of takes yeah. over and you envision the world and walk through the pages mm-hmm. of the story with the characters. Absolutely. So it's so fun. But uh, Renner is the male mm-hmm 
protagonist. And I will have to say, like, if you read the book, when you read the story, you will want muffins. It's just inevitable. <laughs> he has a thing for muffins and you, you just <laughs> want to eat one by the time you're done. So absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it makes it fun. Speaking of characters, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite character in your story or maybe whether mm-hmm. it's a main character or just a side character that you kind of grew to love? Oh, it's so hard. I probably would say at the onset, it's always been Renner. He is just so, such a fun character to me. And part of the challenge with writing this was that I really had plotted out the first half of the book. And it's funny because it kind of reminds me of you talking a little bit about your book too, like Uh how things happened for you. But I plotted it as if it was an entire book up till that midway point, basically. The midway point of what the story is now. So I like hit all the points as if it was, it's very confusing for people who maybe don't do a lot of plotting. But anyways, up until that point, I was like, oh, you know, this is great. And then at the end, like you hit that midpoint which is really the end of what I was writing and this is this is it like what was supposed to happen between them has happened but stepping back I realized like well wait there's still a whole half of a story I still need to tell so I had to switch some things and it brings me back to Runner because he's very carefree I would say in the first part of the book and it doesn't he doesn't lose that for the second half but he has to change and that's usually right. for a writer at the midway point something happens to your characters and if you've got dual points of view like I do each of them have to have that kind of mirror moment or whatever you want to call it so for him I just saw like a little bit of he was growing up a little bit almost so mm. I wouldn't have realized that while I was writing it but I think that's what happened <laughs> yes. so I just love his whole transformative story in a sense to get to to be someone who is doing the right thing who loves like teasing and having fun but who also recognizes there's a whole fate of the galaxy here that's weighing on us so yeah yeah he really does come into that realization Mm -hmm. and I loved following his character Mm -hmm. as well I also really liked I don't know if I'm saying her name right Freda Freda. is it Freda Mm -hmm. Freda she was a lot of fun too she kind of has a little spunk and (laughs) sass to her that I thought added a fun element she's she is a little sassy so I'm always a fan of a little sass so I I liked her a lot oh man she's she's fun too because she has I think that's why I love like science fiction especially like you see it in Star Wars where you go to different mm-hmm. planets and you just see the different types of people that are there where she's from is just really fun like I have a whole like world basically that I'd love to explore more in and just they have a bit of a caste system which was like challenging because I didn't want to steal that from anybody else's idea I just wanted to like explore right. what happens in cultures where there's levels and where you're you know she's a, technically from an, an elite which I think I changed the name to premier in the yes. in the writing but so she's up there but yet she's put herself in a place where she's kind of serving in a sense mm-hmm. so it's just like it's just fun and there's like so much more there but you can only touch on a little bit because it's just one book so <laughs> right right which is why we love asking authors for more books because <laughs> well, <laughs> once we get more. into the world yeah. yes so good so exciting <laughs> along with the story are there things that you hide in your story like Easter eggs or little elements that some readers or friends might notice, but others wouldn't? I'm sure that there have been. (laughs) I know for some other of my past books, this has been kind of like a similar question, like the kind of Easter eggs type of thing. And there were a few. And I probably should have thought about this more in depth than I did. 
Um, it's absolutely fine. I will say this is not really that, but it is a fun little story. One of my editors actually recommended me taking out the phrase sweet muffins, which is something that Renner says. <laughs> and I totally understand why she was coming from it from that perspective. And this is where, I mean, if you've got writers as well listening to this, it could be helpful to know it's hard when you're the person deciding, what do I do about these edits? Do I say yes or do yeah. I say no? And I don't have a publisher above me saying, you know, no, we really want to go in this direction. And so I felt very strongly. I was like, it might sound a little juvenile, but I absolutely love him saying it. <laughs> so Sweet yes. Muffins is definitely going on a t-shirt at one point because it's just as, so as it should. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then I guess because we've already talked about Freda, it's a little bit of an Easter egg. So I had at a point I was actually pitching out a different book to a publisher and they asked for some other ideas that I had. And so I came up with like way too many, <laughs> but <laughs> one of them, I I won't even tell the title because I don't know if it'll stay the same, but it was about basically the planet Maloran, which is in Suspended in the Stars, but you'd never know because it's actually the, the I think it's the Northern Hemisphere or the, it's one of the hemispheres basically. And uh-huh. that, to me, is a very fantasy story. Like, the whole story okay. is set. It's like a canal world, so there's just, like, water everywhere and in very steep, sheer cliffs. So you have to, like, build into the wow. cliffs or you have, like, netting and, like, pathways and stuff. Like, it's one of the most visible or visceral, I guess, images for a story that I've ever had. I have not written it yet, but that is Maloran. So I wow. I love it that, like, to me, if you read Suspended in the Stars and in the future, if I get to write that fantasy, it's actually going to connect but in a very like you would not expect it type of way like you won't really see because it's a very much more fantasy focused so sure it's a bit of an easter egg (laughs) now if we shift gears a little bit here are there any themes that you feel like ended up getting woven into the story um i would say from the onset i started out to write suspended in the stars purely for entertainment i was writing it in 2020 And that was something that I think we all just needed a distraction. We all just needed something different. At least I think it was 2020. I don't think it was 2021. It was around there. You know what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) When the world was crazy. (laughs) Exactly. We were all like a little stir crazy. And because of that, and what I prefer to read, which is just like purely imaginative fun, I didn't really set out to include a theme. I will say whatever I write, I always have in mind, I want good will always triumph over evil. Like no matter Mm -hmm. how dark it gets, I think of Lord of the Rings in this way of like, you know, there's always going to be light shining through at that final battle type of thing. I I tend to struggle with morally gray (laughs) because I don't like it myself. And I know a lot of people love morally gray characters. So it's nothing against that. But I have a really hard time with that because not that I want to see people in black and white, but I like to know in a story who I should root for. And Mm. so I think you'll see that in probably all of my books is not that the bad guys are really bad and the good guys are really good, because I do think that there's an overlap in all humanity for various reasons. But I do think that you'll see eventually, at least, who's supposed to who you're supposed to root for. So that's part of it on one side. And then on the other side, it would just be with Tally. She really I saw her as someone struggling with just kind of her identity in a sense, Mm. which I think a lot of teens can relate to in the sense of you. I grew up in a great household. My parents are both musical, both creatives. And so I not that I felt pressure to be that, but 
I was encouraged to explore on the creativity of just like all things and whatever I wanted to try, my parents were totally there for it. But I know that's not the case with everybody. You mm-hmm. can kind of feel like you're, I've worked with youth for a long time. So I would see, you know, students who are like, well, I have to be in this sport because that's what my parents want. Or I have mm-hmm. to be playing this instrument, even though I hate it or whatever, right. or like, you know, academics, whatever that looks like for each student. And so through that, I've seen teens just struggle with like identity and where they land. It can go very deep and it can just be also very like surface level of like what friend group do I identify with? So on a very soft (laughs) background kind of way, that was Tally for me is just knowing who she was born to be and how she was going to kind of live that out. And then what Mm -hmm. happens when you're challenged with other emotions that you have that might divide you and how do you handle that? So it's, I think it sounds deeper than I probably meant for it to, because it really, I feel like it it maybe doesn't come out that deep, but that was subtly kind of where I was going with her. Yeah. Which I actually think you do see that in the story. It's sort of like how with Renner, we watch him grow up, but with Tally, we watch that battle for identity and how these different parts of her, how can they come together Mm -hmm. and serve a unified purpose? Mm -hmm. And I feel like we get to walk with her through that, which, and that's that time of life Mm -hmm. too, like for teens and and young adults. So if you are a teen or young adult listener, like this is normal, (laughs) you're not alone. And that's why we like stories that can show us what that looks like. And I feel like even if it is a soft way, I think that's sometimes the best way Mm -hmm. to see it is softly through another character in a story. But, and that's why I love stories so much Mm -hmm. because whether they're for entertainment purposes or to teach a deeper truth or whatever our reasons for going into right. I mean, ultimately a story should be fun. Like that's Mm -hmm. part of what I think. I think a story really at its heart should have entertainment value because if we wanted to just be lectured, we could go to school, right? (laughs) Like (laughs) there was, there are places for this. This is not what a story is supposed to be for completely. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like having that entertainment value, but then just because you do come at it to show good triumphing over evil Mm -hmm. and you have a heart to display that Mm -hmm. I loved your picture from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. pictures in the book and the movie. (laughs) That moment with the light shining in the darkest. Oh my gosh. I cry every time. I'm like, every time. (laughs) So good. So good. But I feel like that inevitably when we have something like that at the heart of what we write, something deeper gets woven in, Mm -hmm. even accidentally. So it's a story that's entertaining, but yet you really do have that depth in both Renner and Tally, like of growing up, of embracing a calling, but yet at the same time embracing who you are Mm -hmm. as a person and recognizing that there's value in what you're being pulled toward, what Mm -hmm. you want and love. So I love it. I think that the story does a great job and it is thoroughly entertaining. So (laughs) yes, it is so good. I love it so much. I feel like this question is one I like to ask is what do you want your reader to take away? Mm -hmm. But I feel like in some ways we've talked about that. And it's Mm -hmm. like that opportunity to escape, Mm -hmm. but also recognizing like your identity. Mm -hmm. It can look different maybe than Mm -hmm. you once thought. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you have more to say on that? I would agree with that. I think, like you said, at the heart of it, it is something that I wanted any teen or after teen. (laughs) Right. That's me, right? Yeah, teen at heart. (laughs) And I think like working with youth for as long as I had up until this point, I envisioned myself as part of the teens, you know, with the teens who were hanging out, we're having fun, you know. So with that, like I wanted 
it to be something where you could just totally swoon because it is a romance, but also not be afraid that it's going to go too deep into that or that it's going to, I mean, you know, at the heart of your podcast here, right? I wanted it to be a no spice read that people could really enjoy and not feel like they couldn't recommend it to, I, I say like 13 plus, but honestly, it's you, you know, whoever the parent is, they're going to know their children and they're going to know what's going to be best. So that's what I would recommend. But yeah, to me, it was just like to be able to really embrace a story that you want to cheer for the characters who are doing the good things, you know, Um, and more of that will come. Right. And there's things that'll, especially at the, I was thinking about this, especially at the Mm -hmm. end, there's some stuff that Tally will have to work through in book two. Um, But yeah, there's just a lot there, but yeah. So each book will, and might as well just say this here, each book will focus mainly on a different couple because it is, it's a fantasy romance, but I mean, there's so much else going on. Hopefully it's not just that, but yeah. Oh, there are so many other elements happening. So, so mm-hmm. many things at stake. Yeah. So, but everybody yeah. else will keep showing up. So, well, good. Mostly yeah. everybody else. So, <laughs> it is such a fun story. And I do think, uh, what is it? Princess Bride, right? Mm-hmm. This is a kissing book. Oh, is that yeah. The, yes. <laughs> it is a kissing you know, book. Yeah. <laughs> it is a kissing book. But it is totally sweet mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're a young reader and not ready for romance mm-hmm. yet, then maybe it's not quite there mm-hmm. for you. But in soon yeah. you'll you will love this story yeah. <laughs> so and it is so it's clean there's nothing you have right. to worry about which is really so nice because romances are fun mm-hmm. and we want to watch and read mm-hmm. about a good clean romance that mm-hmm. we can root for both yeah both sides uh, that was huge for me especially just with I think because I read so widely in the YA market especially the general market just as like part of kind of what I do for my job and everything I really wanted, especially my male characters, to be men that you could look up to. I, I call them boys because really I still think of them as boys. I wouldn't look at him and think Renner's a man because, I mean, he's there, but not, right. you know, not yet quite. Yeah. He's he's, learned, he's yes. a young man or whatever. But I really wanted readers to be able, especially like female readers, to be able to look at him and say, like, he's not perfect, but at mm-hmm. his heart, you know, he's respectful and he, he appreciates Tally and he is going to look out for her. Obviously, that's yeah. part of my faith, I think, coming out in there, even though I didn't Definitely. you know, intend to put that in there. It's just something that is really important to me, as it is important to show who Tally is as a female in this book, too. So we'll do one more pivot here and talk about you. We've talked a little bit about you as an author, but I would love to just dive a little deeper, give our listeners a chance to get to know you because you're such a cool person and you do so many things. <laughs> so can you you just tell us a little bit about what started you on your writing journey? Mm. I was, oh goodness, very young. I can't remember the exact age, but I just loved to write little stories. I loved, I think I just mainly loved to imagine things. <laughs> I'm an only child. So a lot of that was me being alone, not in a bad way. Uh, I like being alone, <laughs> but playing by myself, playing with Barbies and stuffed animals and all these things. And I'd create their little worlds for them. And I'm sure that that's kind of where it started. And I would listen to, at the time, it was books on tape, uh, like actual (laughs) tapes. (laughs) Um, But I would listen to those. I listened to The Hobbit. I listened to, I mean, just like Mm. so many different things. And I would just play. And so I'd be having them. So I think I started in audiobooks very young. And probably maybe it was like 10 or 11, somewhere in there, uh, my best friend and I, we would like write a few pages and exchange a little notebook of a story, just things like that. So then whenever Harry Potter hit the shelves, that's really when I started being a bigger reader. Like I, my parents read to me and I loved books, but I think that really 
as me as a person, I fell into just loving being immersed in a book and being entertained. Mm-hmm. And my parents were very involved in, you know, like, oh, read this, read that, whatever. Like, what are you reading? That type of thing. And we yeah. just had a blast. Like, we would go on road trips, the three of us, and my mom would just read like the boxcar children to us. Yes, I loved those. <laughs> you know, and I, we'd just be like, read another chapter, you know, and her throat's like dry. And she's just like, uh-huh. I just want to take a nap. But we like, one more chapter, mom. <laughs> um, so things like that, I think just like really instilled a love of story in me and heading on out from that lots of things happened I was you know the little things you're publishing as like students you know seventh eighth grade or whatever and then my senior year I decided to do my project my senior project on writing a novella at the time I said I wanted to write a novel and they told me no so I switched to novella (laughs) and I tried to get it published all the stuff and I learned that I was not the writer I needed to be to be published at that age (laughs) so yeah pretty much that was kind of like the early years and then probably around 2012 is where I more seriously looked into what does it take to be a writer and started learning more writing more and things like yeah. that. And Emily writes in many genres too. <laughs> so if you if you love Suspended in the Stars and want some more of what she writes, she does lots of other other types of books too. So we'll talk about that at the very end. But one other question is when you're not crafting epic stories, what do you like to do? You like walking and listening mm-hmm. to electric music? Is that the right? <laughs> electronic is dance that the right? music. Yeah. Electronic <laughs> dance. I'm like, I'm not saying that it's right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I Well, I play guitar, so I love being on our worship team at church. That's like one of my favorite things to do, just being able to sing and just worship. And then I obviously love reading. I mean, that's a big part of what I do. And I enjoy graphic design, so I've got a little shop I love to put things in. So that's kind of like sometimes it's on the fun time and sometimes it's, oh, I don't have time to do this, so I can't do it right now. But I would say like those are kind of my main things. And then, you know, wherever my husband and I will go and we'll go to like a small town or something because we moved to Indiana just a little over maybe a year and a half ago. So we kind of try to explore here and there, go to different places and try ice cream and stuff. So (laughs) ice cream is always good. Oh, yes. I know you love the ice cream. I do love ice cream. (laughs) Yes. Just as a fun extra behind the scenes from my perspective. So Emily and I met because she is my, speaking of graphic design, she is the amazing cover designer behind (laughs) my books. So that's how we ended up first meeting. And then I discovered that not only could Emily tell the story on the outside of a book by creating these exquisite covers, which I am so in love with my covers. People compliment me all the time and I say, thank you. It's not me <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. So, um, But not only that, she can weave fabulous tales within the pages of the story. So Emily does more than uh, even her own cover <laughs> is one that she designed. So when you check out this gorgeous cover, you're going to, I think your jaw will drop. She just does such a fabulous job. So yeah. And I guess I'm a little biased, but I still think it is. You know, there are a lot of cover designers out there, and I would pick Emily every time. Thank so. you. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun, honestly. Sometimes yeah. it's sometimes it's more challenging. It's so funny because I think we went through a couple of different versions for your first cover, just like yeah. so we find the right feeling. There's even one I think that we rejected that I'm like, I think I'm going to offer that as like a pre-made because I still really like it. <laughs> but it's a great cover. It didn't There's fit. one that I'm thinking yeah, of too. I'm I think pretty sure it's the same one, one. Uh, but it just didn't fit. And so when we landed on what we did, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, this is where we need to be. Um, But then after that, like book two went so much faster. I mean, I'm not saying we'll see how book three goes, but, you know, it's just that kind of um, the feeling is there. So that's what you work towards is getting the right feeling so that when someone does pick it up, 
their expectations are where they need to be for when they start reading the first page. And I think that's like the yeah. main thing. So yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. And we all know everyone dr- judges books by their covers, whether yeah. we tell you not to or to. I mean, I do I it do and it I'm too. an author. So <laughs> I definitely do it. <laughs> it, it is. It is 100% something that we do. Yeah. So and, you know, so Emily is multifaceted and gifted in so many creative ways. So where can readers, listeners find you and your books and all the things that you do? That is always a complicated question because yes. I am. So get ready. People. Pen and paper. <laughs> Um, I would say first and foremost, I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is at create, explore, read, and that's all one word. And that's just honestly where you can find me talking about books the most, but then secondary would be my website, eahcreative.com. And that's, I kind of did a whole collection of just all the EA Hendrix stuff is kind of there. So it's my photography, my graphic design, and then my YA writing. On the flip side, my actual name is Emily Haney. That's my married name. And I write romantic suspense in the Christian market under that, as well as Cozy Mystery. And that is under emilyhaney.com. So wherever you land, if you're on the more the YA side, I would say stick with the Instagram and EAH Creative. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, but if your mom loves cozy mysteries, then send them over to her (laughs) other website. (laughs) Thank Mm -hmm. you, Emily, so much for being here today. This was so much fun, and I loved getting to talk all things suspended in the stars and writing and books with you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have been here. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with E.A. Hendricks. Emily is a truly wonderful human being, and I am thankful to have her as my friend, cover designer, and a fellow author on this journey. It was a delight for me to get to have this conversation with her and share it with you. I had the privilege of writing an endorsement for Suspended in the Stars, and I thought I would share it here. From the soaring heights of a circus spaceship to the depths of political intrigue and corruption, Suspended in the Stars will bring you to the edge of your seat and careen you through epic twists and turns. Hendrix delivers an adventure of galactic measures that will leave readers desperate for more. If you're looking for an intergalactic adventure with a sweet romance and a fun sci-fi fantasy escape, you'll love Suspended in the Stars. I will reiterate what Emily and I talked about during the episode. This is a kissing book, and the romance is a larger part of the plot. So if you're not quite sure if you're ready for a more romance-heavy story, I would have a trusted parent, guardian, or friend read it first. There are also some intense action scenes and moments in the story, but nothing graphic at all. Emily has also graciously agreed to be part of our epic Christmas giveaway, and she's participating in two different ways. She's included a copy of Suspended in the Stars, and we will also have two additional prizes from her shop, a bookish mug and a t-shirt, winner's choice. All of her mugs and t-shirts are amazing, so be sure to head over to the giveaway page and enter. I included the link in the show notes below. You can find the episode show notes at readcleanya.com. Next week, I will be talking with my friend and fellow young adult author, Clint Hall, author of Steal Fire from the Gods. This sci-fi story is an adventure, and my chat with Clint was a lot of fun. He's also a podcast host, so we had some funny moments throughout the interview where it felt like we had switched places and he was interviewing me instead of the other way around. 
So I think you'll have fun hearing that episode. And if you're looking for an exciting sci-fi read, you're going to love Clint's book. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend so they can discover exciting, clean, young adult books as well. Thanks for being here, my friend. 